Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for movie and television lovers. I am your totally tubular host, Sean Dunham, and with me are the man that continues to dance even though it's against the law, Jeremy Legui, <laughs> and the girl who the girl who rashly wishes her brother away to a goblin king, Sonia Stanger. Listen, um, you know, brothers, <laughs> they're tricky. Yeah, brothers, am I right? Sometimes, <laughs> even though they can't speak, you want them out of your life. Yeah. Um, that's right. This week, the show is about films from the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> so put down that put down that Rubik's cube and put your hair in a banana clip because we're getting into it. Um, hi guys. Hey. Hi. Welcome to the show. Uh, <laughs> thank, thank you. Th- th- thank you for welcoming welcoming us in here. Uh, um, it's so cozy. We were, Sonia and I had a an illicit affair outside of the podcast. We had lunch today. <gasps> Sonia's first time in a restaurant. Human contact. Who's she? Uh. A restaurant. Oh my yeah. god! Uh, it, it has was, been a while since I've eaten at a restaurant. Nice. Well, that's that's. Did you get like? Is it kind of awkward for five minutes, or is there just like a like two minute handhold as you uh, as your heartbeats once again come into the same rhythm? <laughs> um, it is awkward twenty four seven. Yeah, I've uh, I've literally never not been awkward my entire existence. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but. Yeah. When our two two hearts beat as one. Yeah, it was beautiful to reunite our hearts once again. Mm-hmm. To to plug those muscles back in. Um, okay, you guys, what are what are some of your favorite films from the eighties? Uh, there's may- not a lot to choose from. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say if if I may put an asterisk on this before we this like I don't think I've ever had more trouble trying to pick. A short list because we we have an idea of how many movies we can actually talk about it all, um, and I have at least three times that on my list. Yeah, and I, and I have like three times that I just left off because I knew that it was too much. Um, that being said, uh, uh, yeah, let's let's get into it. You go first, Sonya. Okay. Well, I watched a movie from the 80s this week that I've seen before and love, but I forgot just how special it is, which is is 1987's Moonstruck, starring one, Cher, and two, Nicolas Cage. Snap out of it! Yeah. (laughs) The the origin of Snap Out of It. Exactly. An iconic cultural touchstone. Um... (laughs) It's such a weird movie. Like, it's so much, is what I would say. But it also is so deeply enjoyable. And, like, ah, the performances are, like, you know, it's like, it feels like it just crystallized into a perfect thing. But it could very easily have been a bunch of people, many of whom aren't even Italian, kind of putting on these broad Mm. New York Italian accents and telling this, like, very weird, intense love story, and I think it could have not gone right, but it went so very right. Uh, It's funny, the conceit is Cher is a very unattractive older spinster woman. Yeah. Like, (laughs) who can't get a date and lives with her parents. Uh, And she gets that gray streak out, and all of a sudden she is hot. That's all it took. That's all it took back, especially back then. Uh, I find it so surprising because every like I don't watch it a lot, but it comes up every once in a while, and I'll check it out. And I kind of have this like attitude of like, 
maybe I don't like this movie, you know, mm-hmm. like, like that mm-hmm. sort of, and then I watch it and I'm like, this is just like a great story. Like, it's yeah. just I like, you know, and, um, it's such a strange pairing that somehow works. Like, I don't even know, like, what to compare it to, but it's just so believable. Maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'll just chalk it up to chemistry or something. Mm. I don't know. But it's there. I think they both are capable of turning it up. And they just were like, they just found the same frequency. I would literally never say the the words Cher and Nicolas Cage in the same sentence, but... You're suddenly forced to, and yeah. it really works. Yeah. And I feel like the writing really suits them as well. Like, something I was struck by watching it this time is, like, there's something moonstruck about the dialogue. <laughs> I was moonstruck. Um, where it's, there There were times when I was like, this isn't how people talk, but it also is. Like, mm-hmm. the way that people communicate with each other in that movie, where they kind of don't say things directly, um, or, I mean, they do at times, but, like, I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe, but there's just this this way that people speak in that movie that is very interesting. So yeah, yeah. So, no, there's definitely something Moonstruck. going on. Mm, Moonstruck. Um, a- as we usually do when Sonya goes first and Jeremy goes second, we always, you know, the things we talk about are always so closely <laughs> packed together. You know, yeah. it's not like they're One made into separate. You know. They're just like like two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Um, one so of you was Sharon. One of you was Nicholas. <gasps> oh, oh my god! Can I please be Sharon? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you'd be better at being Sharon, but I don't know if I can live up to being Nicholas. Anyway, um, I suppose it gives me a bit more range to just sort of freak out, which mm. would be good. Uh, anyway, um, I have at the top of my list, and I'm gonna do my darndest to try and keep this down to two movies. I swear to God, you guys. Um, but. Um, uh, anything by John Carpenter in the 80s is the best that's ever happened and the best that ever will happen. And I don't know, like, it's all downhill from there, as far as I'm able to tell. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Escape from New York, which is just in the 80s, uh, is a masterpiece that I love and is so close to my heart uh, that I could talk about it forever. They Live is my favorite movie of all time. Mm. It is his best work. It is so crazy. It is so good. I think everything I say from this point on can be about anything he's ever made. I love how the 80s had this, like, element of risk where you got the, like, these few elements and you just ran with it as far as you could. And I think John Carpenter is one of the best examples of that because he cheaps out in every other element that he can. Mm. Like, he makes his own music because he can't afford it. Other effects are just, like, little tricks that he did, which are, like, pretty clever, but then when you know about it, you watch it, and it, like, totally ruins the whole thing. Um, but you guys, like, I just cannot tell you how much these movies mean to me, and how I still think they're just so good, and no one will ever convince me otherwise. Like, Is anyone trying to? Yeah. Maybe in the in the second Escape from well in Escape from L.A., which is the sequel to Escape from New York, but is like they just remade the same really movie. Bad. It's yeah. it, it's wonderful. There's literally a point where he's like out surfing a bomb with Peter Fonda. Peter Fonda, is that? Yeah. Yes, uh, I understand. And it's crazy, and it's really poorly done because it's the earliest digital effect that you've ever seen, and every single time. 
I just watch it and love it. And it completely, like the character of Snake Plissken, completely formed in my mind who um, uh, Kurt Russell is as a human being. And like even in a dramatic role, I just assume he could pull a gun on anyone at any point in time and just like shoot him. And oh yeah, in with... overboard, he's just <laughs> just just <laughs> at any moment he could just absolutely become that guy. Pulls but, it on um, there's just something that's so incredibly like fun and creative and like just having it be like about like still about film and like all those things that you need like lighting that was still so important and all these things you could like get away with and still like have the latitude for. Um, and then just like these like stories that shouldn't be okay. Like, 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 like the worst novel you've ever read in your life turning into the best movie. And, uh, I, I know, well, there's an army of white men who agree with me wholeheartedly (laughs) and I'm not trying to change any minds or anything here. Carpenter hive united. (laughs) But um, there is just this, like, I don't know what you call it, like an 80s-ness that I just have, like, yeah. This is what I would be interested in talking about also, because I feel like more than any of Decade we've covered so far, there is just a specific, there's so many marks of an 80s movie. Mm. Um, what What do you guys feel like are the trappings of an 80s movie? Because there's, like... I didn't watch, you know, Escape from New York. That's not really mm-hmm. my vibe, but sort of the the movies that I watch, like John Hughes and things like that, is like it's ensembles. Mm-hmm. It's like the soundtracks are always banging. Mm-hmm. And those are like, I feel like those are the, the to me, a trappings of a good 80s movie. Or just a lot of like coming general. of age stories, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, I think I think in all of these, like, so much of it is all just very character driven as well Mm. right like you get all of these like huge characters that like you know like uh when was say say anything is that with john cusack with the yeah Yeah. like with the box that's definitely i don't know if that happened in the 80s but that's definitely the same vibe but like it's now like stretching beyond where like the reference has become the thing that's lived on that everyone gets Mm. and no one understands why you know um but like yeah so true time and time again like all of these characters that people have made that have like uh die hard is another one that's in Mm. this list of right and like that's become like a really big part of like machismo right like like this like huge thing and uh it was just bruce willis being a guy for a while (laughs) um i did i I must have talked about this, but Netflix has a series. It's like not How Did This Get Made, but it's something like that. Movies. Uh, I think it's called Movies small... That Made Us. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a small documentary about a few movies, and they do die hard. And I was really shocked because they Bruce Willis was very, like, they did not want him because he was from television. Yep. And they were just like, this, he will never do, he's not an action person. He will look ridiculous. And when the trailer for Die Hard played in a theater, like, theater erupted in laughter at the idea of Bruce Willis in this role. And it's just so funny how like he turned that on its head Mm -hmm. or like, it's just like a reality that I am not unaware of. Yeah. We live in the post Bruce Willis as action star reality. We really, that's our life. Yeah. Um, Um, 
I uh, watched Die Hard the this point. week. And I did you? Feelings. Oh, really? I liked it, but it was just a lot of guns. <laughs> I mean, it was a lot. Yeah, no, it's a lot. It's about what I expected, but actually, I mm-hmm. liked. I thought there was like I thought some of the dialogue was really good, and Alan Rickman is amazing. Mm-hmm. And like, I was oh, pretty Alan entertained for some good. of it. Yeah, I I think a lot of like eighties buddy cop and like Die Hard esque action movies are like a romantic comedy with guns. Yeah. Where where the love interest is guns. Like I think that's the like way that's the formula for that. Um and it it does just kind of work. I yeah. yeah, I mean uh Yeah. yeah. Have you ever been attracted to a gun? Me? Not, not yet. Not as of yet. <laughs> just curious. It's a hard um, for me. Also another thing that stuck out from that doc was when Alan Rickman is dangling off the building, you know when they're filming that part, hanging mm-hmm. on to Bonnie Bedelia's wrist. Um, they, they let him go without telling him because there was like a thing below to catch him or whatever, but he didn't know that they were going to just drop him. And so the shock on his face in that scene is like, is fully real. He's like, oh my God, mm-hmm. I'm falling. <laughs> Which is also another thing they, that filmmakers in the eighties probably could get away with it. Yeah. Alan Rickman probably would have sued, sued their estates for, but, um, I want to talk about a film that I watched this week, which I have never seen before, but is I've heard a lot about, and it's called Xanadu. Oh, God. Um, it is a musical. It stars the luminescent Olivia Newton-John. The music is done by ELO. Um, she writes a few songs, too. She is just like, she's beauty. She's voice. The whole thing is the most 80s set deck. The, the plot, if I may say that, is about... <laughs> yeah. Um, is about the muses um, are summoned to Earth through some sort of a man draw drew her and it somehow summoned her and now she's on Earth to inspire him um, and she also brings her sisters and they pop out of a mural and they this the movie opens with just a five minute dance sequence of them all dancing. You you don't have any idea what's going on. Yeah, this like gleaned through the entire film, um, and then Gene Kelly is there. He's old AF. He kisses <laughs> his last movie. He has a he kisses Olivia Newton John um, because there's a flashback where he used to date a girl that looks exactly like her. And she's in a little like bugle boy costume, and I they think do it a routine. No, it is her, but. Um, because she's a she's a timeless muse, yeah. so it was her. But um, and he does a tap routine that is the smoothest you've ever seen. He's mm. literally like eighty years old. <laughs> um, and the it it makes no sense at all. They're just trying to renovate. They Gene Kelly and the main character. I don't know him. They <laughs> somehow get a hold of a huge building. They want to turn it into a a venue. It turns into like a roller rink. Um, and they call it Xanadu and that's it but yeah. it's all so 80s it's so crazy 80s there's a an animated sequence where they turn <laughs> the main characters turn animated and Olivia Newton-John is portrayed as a little bird with little leg warmers on <laughs> to show that it's her <laughs> Sonia did you watch this? I did I watched this this week for the first time and Honestly, it's one of those things where it's like, 
It's so bad that it's entertaining at times, but so much of it also manages to be so boring. And you're like, how is this so buck wild and then also boring for quite long stretches? Um, it is. It's both. It's wild. I love... Okay, I don't know why. I think that the the name of the main character, Sonny Malone, is just funny to me. Like, yeah, there's just something about that that's funny. He, it's, yeah, it's an old-timey gangster. This is like... This is harsh to say. Because honestly, Olivia, I would say she doesn't turn in the the world's best acting performance that I've ever seen. But the no, man... it's because she's pouring it all in the voice. <laughs> yeah, the man who plays Sonny Malone, Michael Beck, is possibly the worst actor I've ever seen on screen. Like he's so awkward, and like you're just so aware of the fact that he's acting the whole time. Yeah, it's he so is wild. Like... Also, the idea that she came to down to, to the world. To help Gene Kelly realize his dream of opening a nightclub, like that—that's the great artistic fulfillment that the whole film kind of culminates in. It's fun. It's—it's—I don't even know. Um, I don't even know. And there is a there's a really insane part where both of the men are look are imagining what could go into the into the space. Yes. And so Gene Gene Kelly's imagining like a '40s like big band thing. And so it's all of them are do, in a, a set deck doing that performance. And Michael Beck is imagining like a crazy 80s rock band performance. Mm-hmm. And then the scenes, the sets just somehow somebody pushes them together and they merge onto one and the song also grabs into one. Yeah. And I was very shocked. <laughs> I was I like, too okay, was there's, <laughs> there's, there's some money or there's some, there's some things behind this. Yeah. And I I did enjoy that part. There were some parts that I was like, wow, this is very much. And I love ELO, but like, I don't know. I don't know. It, it doesn't really have a plot. No, it doesn't. But it ends with the finale song of Xanadu, mm-hmm. or you, it should be the finale song, where I was like, this song is incredible. I love it, love it, love it. And then when it finishes, what I thought was the natural end, then they launch into a wackadoo medley, genre medley. Yeah. Um, like a, a her in a country outfit. Her in like, just, it was, it was really crazy. Truly. Uh, but anyway, I, I, it was very fun. I, I do have a question for you guys uh, from what we've watched this weekend in general. And this sort of goes back to Sean's question about like, what makes an 80s movie. But do you guys often also feel... That there is this, like, attitude of, like, no, no, we shot it, so we're going to show it. And, like, we're going to, like, oh, the Terminator is a block away, and it's going to take him 80 seconds to get to his mark. Yep, we're going to play that whole thing for you, and just do that until this whole movie is, like, probably 40 minutes longer than it needed to be. (laughs) That is so real. I I believe that, too. There's also, like, I... They used some parts that I think they just had the set and they were like, well, we're not going to not use it. Like there was a point where Gene Kelly was pretending to be a pinball and like hitting sort of like things that were in a pinball board are are huge, higher, taller than a person. And he was pretending to walk through and like whack them like he was a pinball. No, makes no sense. No connection to anything going on. And I feel like they were just like, well, we have that weird shot of. Gene Kelly pretending to be a pinball. We rented that set for the whole day and we're going to use it. We got to squeeze him in. Yeah. <laughs> this is perhaps the the point in the show where we should remind ourselves 
of the prevalence of certain substances, illicit substances in the eighties. <laughs> because oh, you know, I believe idea. I believe that substances. every every surface on that film was covered in a thin line of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is my belief. Yeah, it shows. Um, How else were they going to get the energy to roller skate like that? Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, let's get into what are some popular 80s movies that you're like, I need to watch that. I know this is a cultural touchstone. I just haven't gotten around to it. Do you guys have any of those? Well, one because of those... Because for me... Oh, sorry, you go. Oh, I was going to say, for me, it is Labyrinth. Mm. I know that... Every I love the Muppets. I love a Bowie, and I love musicals. And I feel like I should be able. I would be very into this. And I mm. just I haven't scraped aside any time to do that. Yeah. And that's on me. It's. it's I feel sweet. like it's. It's maybe scarier and like kind of darker than you're imagining. Mm-hmm. I I heard a really interesting reading of the Labyrinth. Re- I don't know why I said the Labyrinth. Just Labyrinth recently which is that it's sort of about the main character's journey into uh, or like kind of through the period of realizing that you as a young woman are like being sexualized by the world around you and sort of like losing that innocence of childhood because there is this real like menace to mm-hmm. Bowie's character and there is like this kind of sexual undercurrent that you're like is this on purpose? But like that cod piece can't be an accident. Mm-hmm. And I think that sort of is like a symbol of, of that like threat. So yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a classic Sean, but it's not necessarily like a super fun watch. I would say. Is the title this... of the episode, this cod piece can't be an accident. It <laughs> is now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. What about you guys? Any, any ones that have gone unwatched? Well, I watched one this week that was previously on that list for me, which is Heather's, which was not like I expected at all. I thought it was kind of like clueless, but like (laughs) someone dies, (laughs) but um, it's not. It's, it was a lot edgier than I was expecting. Yeah. I, it was kind of like what happened with Ghost World where I was like, I think I understand the point of this. But I don't think it's doing it for me. And I'm not necessarily enjoying it. Um, Christian Slater yeah. and Winona Ryder are both quite good in it, I would say. Mm-hmm. Even though he's doing like a weird Jack Nicholson impression the whole time. That's just him. That's all. That That's how he got famous. I guess, just yeah. That. But um, yeah, I don't know. You want I, Slater. He'll give you Slater. It, I feel like it, it uh, is maybe different in from a Today Lens. Just in terms of like yeah, gun I think, violence and you know, I think yeah. that if I think that if we had watched it, like I had watched it, you know, when I was also younger, and I was very struck by its sort of darkness and its like sort of just like flippancy about mm. the idea of suicide and murder, and then in today, where a school shooting is happening probably several times a day. Um, it is a, it's a little just like more of a bummer. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't, um, I think that I really appreciated the, the use of slang and style mm, yes. that they just invented for the, the film, uh, to, to make it timeless, which I thought was very, is a very interesting idea. Very good idea. It's so very. Um, it's very, it's so very. <laughs> 
But it's interesting how how it's like, that's what's persisted about that movie, I feel like. And that's why I was kind of expecting that to be what it, what the kind of focus of the movie would be, is that kind of, you know, fluffier stuff. And also I'm like, whoever decided to make this into a Broadway musical? (laughs) It's so weird. Anyway, so that's how There's always someone who like has that musical ability to be like, oh, yeah, we'll change it into... This other thing, which is based off this thing, but not quite. I don't know. Mm. It was it was the eighties. I think we already exactly. Uh, pointed, yeah, pointed you can explain away everything was... by saying it's the eighties. <laughs> but also, I feel like um, Shannon Doherty did not mm. know that she was in this type of film. Do you yeah, know what I mean? she, she is playing it very straight. Whereas I feel like maybe Winona and Christian were like a little more like. Yeah, we're doing a wackadoo yeah. sort of dark comedy. And she was just like, this is a drama, and I'm acting like it's a drama. <laughs> so Which no one, maybe no one, was no good one for her those character. Pages. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's time to hear a word from our sponsors. Go check on your Cabbage Patch doll and don't touch that dial on your boombox. We'll be right back on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. And we're back on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We'll be back talking 80s movies in a moment, but first we'll play a little game lovingly called The Game. It's game time, people. Pew, 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 pew. Laser sounds. For- oh, there we go. Thank fair. you. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend, it was actually quite a bit of time trying to figure out what one to select for us to talk about today. Um, but eventually, I did pick one, and when I have selected a title, I tell these two what it is, they tell me what they think it's about, and then I tell them what it's really about, uh, and we all have a really fun time playing the game. Oh, we laugh, are you laugh, guys, laugh. Are you guys ready to play the game? I am. Yes! I believe okay. I am. This, week, this week's title is Witness. That title again is Witness. 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 Okay. I think Witness is about a man to whom nothing interesting ever happens. Mm-hmm. But he always happens to witness and see mm-hmm. really wild things happening to other people. So it's this thing where he sort of can see both sides, where he, it sort of is like a curse. That truly nothing interesting happens to him, even when he sort of tries to make it happen. But then also he can appreciate that, you know, sometimes when things happen to people, they're bad things. And um, then he meets um, a woman who is very chaotic and lots of interesting things happen to her. And then, you know, it's a whole thing. Yeah. And they get mm, thank you. Yeah. Um, okay. It is my belief that Witness is about a woman who witnesses a car accident and then while she witnesses it, the driver of the car that hit the other car hops out and then just shoots the other driver in the face. And she's like, oh my God. And then he looks over and sees her across the street and he starts giving chase. And she has to evade and she realizes through the news that um, there was a a very famous uh, mob boss and she is on the run from him and she uh, makes friends with a a kindly police officer 
who is trying to arrest her, but now he's on his side because he believes her. And they are in a race against time to get away from this man. All because she's a woman. Wow. Yeah. Wow. This is brought to you by real life because this Monday when I was getting my, I was on my way to get my vaccine and I got in a car accident, but there were no witnesses. Oh no. Is your car? I know. Cars. Uh, okay. She's got a big dent. Um, but I was like, we got to hurry this up because I have 10 minutes before I get that injection, baby. (laughs) (laughs) It was a very chaotic day. Oh, I'm not okay, but. (laughs) Oh, okay. <laughs> no, oh just kidding. God. I don't have any uh, injuries, but I was very frantic, and yeah. I, and I, d- you know, when you don't know what to do, like I was just like, oh god, take photos. Uh, I like, re- <laughs> I have a recording of her on my phone just saying what she thought happened. I was like, I should record <laughs> you saying this. Uh, anyway, very chaotic. You were your okay, own witness. Wow. So that's oh, so that's god. why this is on my brain. Yeah, okay, no, fair enough. Uh, oddly, Sean, it's kind of close. Um, wow. Uh, like, not clo- I don't think it's close enough to... Uh, like, you needed to take it one step further before I awarded... Oh, withholding uh, the points, I see. Yeah, yeah, just... Well, you'll find out why. But, um, yeah, it's still uh, pretty close. Sonya, no way, no, not at all. It I sounded good, though. It did sound good. Uh, Witnesses in 1985, American neo-noir crime drama... Starring Harrison Ford. Of course. Um, this is probably, like, one of his better movies, but it is crazy, and I do need you guys to just bear with... It's gonna sound really normal, and then I'm gonna just, like, Turn, say the what happens. Out from under us. Yeah, I'm gonna leave some things out to maybe get people interested in going, and then they can bring their own. But, um, uh, in 1984... Uh, there a, a young Amish boy goes to the city of Philadelphia to uh, Rumspringa or go... something. Yeah, no, no, he's young. He's like like ten years old. Okay, uh, I don't know when they. I don't know when they do that, but I don't think it's then. It's later. Um, yeah, he's with his mom. <laughs> anyway, um, he witnesses a murder of an undercover police officer, and uh, there's all these sort of things attached to it. And uh, Detective John Book is assigned to the case, <laughs> and uh, he finds out uh, that's obviously Harrison Ford's of character. Course. Oh yeah, um, he's gonna book he, yeah, yeah. Um, he uh, at the top of the poster, like in the biggest possible font to fit, just says Harrison Ford is John Book. Anyway, um, <laughs> that means nothing to us. It's <laughs> it's so it's, it's maybe it's maybe the same size font as the title witness at the bottom. But um, what occurs is uh, John Book eventually figures out that he needs to hide himself and the boy until they can get everything set up. Uh, So he goes back with the mother uh, and kind of tries to live as an Amish dude for a while. This is not a comedy. That is not how I expected uh, that to go. <laughs> that's the... Um, there are all the all the photos of uh, him, like, in full dress, and uh, he kind of falls in love with the mom, so, like, the middle bridge of this movie is sort of a love story, where they, like, don't even show the kid for a while, which is kind of weird. And then it all kind of wraps up at the end. Um, but uh, is there like a, a horse and carriage like car chase? <laughs> There's there not is. not that. There's not not that. Amazing. <laughs> um, but uh, check it out. 
It's just another in a series of movies that are probably too long for what they are with actors that are super famous now uh, taking all the risks. Uh, thank you guys for playing the game. This movie is insane. Thank you for thank you, having Jay. us. And I don't know if I'll check that out, but maybe. It's... I probably won't. I'm going to be honest. That's um, fair. Yeah, no, I get it. Speaking of, what is your guys' least favorite 80s movies? What are ones that you're just, you're not going to go back to? Oh, man. We have the same questions every week, and I didn't prepare for this. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Xanadu is um, up there. <laughs> I, I feel I feel like the thing kind of happens where like like enough time has passed mm. that maybe like you know like there's a lot in this category of bad 80s movies like um Heaven's Gate for example uh of course Xanadu but um uh what's that one called it's like uh it's like E.T. 2 or something, or Extraterrestrials, or and oh. it's like this horrible alien movie. And it's one of the ones that's like memed so hard now. Mm. Like oh, you recognize Ma- all these little parts of it. Like Mac because and Me? It's just be- Mac yeah. and Me is one of them. There were yes. like a few E.T. ripoffs. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what uh, happens if something, something pops off, then everyone's like, we gotta put a janky little alien in our movie. Yeah, and it doesn't really work the same. No, no, it does not. Um, not something that all. doesn't work for me is National Lampoon's European Vacation. Oh yeah, I remember watching that, and not not one ha, not one guffaw. It is, <laughs> it's a very just like it's bad, it's bad, bad, bad. And I like I normally was am into a vacation film series, but. I remember get it finally get it watching like one of the last ones, and I was like, "This is bad." I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember a single thing from European Vacation. Uh, I'm good with European Vacation. It's not as good. Okay. Um, but uh, there are like there are some fun bits. Like the uh, I do enjoy the the videotape sort of lead through the whole film where they make a risky film that's never supposed to be seen by anyone and slowly becomes the biggest movie of all time in the background. Right. But, um, you know, there's, there's, there's little things. It's definitely no Vegas vacation. Like, I mean, I think we can all agree to that. But... <laughs> I don't know if I've seen that one. Oh. Dude. Oh my God. Dude. <laughs> what, what is your ranking of the National Lampoon vacation? <sighs> oh my God. Oh my God. Is yours I at the top? Know. Is Vegas at the top? Uh, we don't have to do this. This is can can be an exercise, that, that's, a thought exercise. That sounds like that's its own show. Okay, yeah. well, that's let's plan that show. <laughs> yeah, let's just pack package that up and then put that into into its other. Um, a movie that I do struggle with is. Uh, have you guys ever seen Real Genius? How is real spelled? R E L R E E L. I mean, R R E A L. Okay, I don't think so, but uh, it's no. ringing a bell. Uh, it's this Val Kilmer movie where this kid goes off to college because he's a genius and he's like super young. He's just like 12 years old or something. And he's put into this like kind of frat house with all these other brilliant people. Mm. And one of them is like Val Kilmer, who is a college age. And uh, it's this really crazy mix of like Revenge of the Nerds and right. also like them trying to figure out how lasers work. Mm. Oh. And it's it's 
it's a a thing where I'm like, this is like, this is a bad movie. Like, this is a movie no one should watch. And then I'll just watch it. <laughs> and then I'll just be like, I had a great time watching that terrible movie. God, I've never watched Revenge of the Nerds, but that's a reference. Maybe I should watch I was, I was just about to say, actually, I think Revenge of the, the Nerds is one of mine. That I just cannot. The, the blatant and casual misogyny in that movie is spectacular. I it's, mean, it. It's of its time. Like, there are so many 80s movies you could say that of, but mm-hmm. it really is just like toxic masculinity. And just crank up. And toxic, toxic nerd masculinity, baby. Yeah. Oh. And like, that are- is something I feel we are really feeling the wrath of in our current age is ner- toxic nerd masculinity. So, this <clears throat> that's like a beginning of a terrible thread. And when the nerds yeah. get power, oh, they wield mm-hmm. it. Oops. Yeah, but it is like, I haven't watched Revenge of the Nerds in a long time. There is also Revenge of the Nerds 2, mm. Nerds in Paradise, which I don't know if you guys... Um, but it also falls into like this whole like Porky's sort yeah. of yeah, sex thing paper. about like... Yeah, and it, it is these like... I, like, I don't know, like, is it just like, how do we get to nudity? Like, is that the problem that yeah. they were trying to the solve? the plot is, where do we get... Where do we get the boobies out? Yeah. That's right. what we're at. That's what we're trying to figure out. But in doing so, revealing the like horrible mentality that they actually mm-hmm. believe in. And uh that like it I remember being pretty young and uh at one point in time in Revenge of the Nerds, they go on a panty raid. Right. And as a young man, <laughs> I did not know what that was. Right. I had no idea what the, like it was such a strange concept. So I had to get my mom oh, to no. tell me while it's playing on TBS. Exactly. Like, I didn't have Google to look up, right? And, like, if you think about it, like, that's really not okay. <laughs> that is a crime, in like, fact. For your, like, for your mother to have to assault. explain to you what a, <laughs> what a panty no, 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 the act of doing, uh, like, like a... Like, that's crazy, mm-hmm. I almost swore. That is cra- Like, that is... Something that no one should ever do Orphan for any crazy. reason. Yes. Yet was like this maybe celebrated thing. Yeah. That like, you know, and uh yeah, there's a lot that's just like like this is funny, but this is the creepiest thing I've ever seen yeah. in my life. <laughs> like And I mean that's a thread. Like I mean weird science, there's so much of that. Um even yeah. sixteen candles, like there's and and like let's not even start with the casual racism and homophobia. It's all just baked into any and all iconic eighties movies. To be honest, basically, yeah. No, I yeah. think uh, I think they I think they live is totally pure. You guys, I think <laughs> if they're racist to anyone, it's just aliens. What? But then they crank it up to eleven. I think the just... title "They Live" is just not a good title. Also, every time <laughs> you say it, I'm like, "What is you?" Oh, <laughs> oh my god! It makes Sean, me think of oh like. It makes me think of like a drag queen being like, every time I go on stage, they live. They live. That's what I hear. <laughs> it's not wrong. It's not wrong. Uh, yeah, you guys should. We we could do a, a five episode series on they live if you wanted to. Just wow. going through each. Yeah, part of, it's we'll, too much. It's too we'll much. We'll be thinking about that. Put that. We'll put that in the calendar. <laughs> we'll bookmark that. Everyone, watch for the five episode upcoming series on one film. <laughs> um, yeah. It, I want to talk about an 80s movie. It's called The Never-Ending Story. Mm. Mm-hmm. This, to me, so hardcore 80s. Um, oh my god, yeah. 
It, and it's also dark. I don't. I shouldn't have watched this as a child. The world is literally being devoured by the nothingness. There's like it's just uh, absorbing things. There's a swamp of sadness that claims um, Atreyu's horse Artax in the most horrible mm-hmm. moment ever captured on film. Maybe it is when the horse is it's tragic. Getting, it's sinking it's, into it's... the swamp of sadness, and Atreyu's like, "No, it is." It, it is so affecting. It is. I don't, they should not have done that. He does in the end when uh, Bastion brings back. Uh, I don't know. I forget how it happens. It's all so wild. But he does mm. eventually come back. Um, yes. But there is a part where the childlike Empress is talking to Bastion. And she's like, Bastion, you're following our story. And others out, like, out there are following your story making this part of the never-ending story and my head exploding that I was also a part of this never-ending story. <laughs> Sean's first experience of something being meta. It oh was very, God, I was like, this is too much for me to take in. Yeah. And oh then yeah, the I think sequel, I saw that movie once as a, quit, as a kid, was devastated and never went back. Yeah, and oh. honestly, fair. Then the sequel uh, is in is like... Completely bonkers, not not good at all. It's like a large, a big bird, a three-faced man, this like an evil woman that puts a a memory machine that takes away Jonathan Brandis's memories. It's it's bad, 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 bad. But I'd say bad, the bad, first bad. one, bad, bad, bad. But I think the first one still would probably hold up if I can ever bring myself to watch that horse get absorbed by sadness again, which I probably can't. It it is very sad. Uh, and I remember being whatever age I was, six, just being devastated by this movie um, because it is very scary. Mm. And the like realization that the boy who's reading knows what's going like like that. I don't know if you call it a twist, but I mean, it was. Yeah. Oh, you know. and Night Shyamalan is shook by that. <laughs> you, you want a twist? Twist. Uh, M. Night um, what else do you guys want to talk about? Well, I mean, there are so many iconic 80s movies. Like, I feel like, could can we get through this episode without talking about The Princess Bride? Should we? Maybe not, <laughs> I would say. I feel like it's... Like, I, do, I feel like that's a lot of people's favorite movie. Uh, yeah, I, I, like that's I, true. Think, I think it's just okay. That's fair. I really like it, but... I feel like it just becomes one of those comfort things where it becomes familiar and like there there are lots of great parts about it, but lots of things mm-hmm. to kind of like attach yourself to. And then it's very easy for something like that to stay someone's well, favorite movie. The comfort level is probably why so many of these like mm. name someone who's doesn't like if they watch the Goonies, they're instantly comforted or like mm-hmm. the Breakfast Club. Right. Like I like the Breakfast Club a lot. And also, I I found out recently that that very the very iconic cover of them, like the five of them in that pose, that was shot by Annie Leibovitz. Annie. Oh, I knew that. I didn't know that. So she's been that doing some cool, good work, though. but it is a it's like great work, Annie. Like if there's five people, like this is how you're gonna pose. Mm. It's the it's the blueprint. It's the blueprint. It's the blueprint. <laughs> if there's three people, you pose like Charlie's Angels, and if there's five of you, you pose like Breakfast Club. Everyone knows. Yeah. 
That's well, just there a you fact. go. Well, now <laughs> it's you know now now it's now you know now it's cited. Um, uh, have you guys uh have you watched Evil Dead? Have you seen this? Mm. Do you know? Um. I've seen clips and claps. I mm-hmm. I was really grossed out by it, so I it's kind of through my fingers. Yeah, like I'm I, I'm if I have seen it, I haven't seen all of it. Uh, cause cause uh, it it is sort of like Sam Raimi's like I how do I describe this? He did the first movie, which was like kind of like a student short film. Not really. It was you know it was a full movie, but then. In the second one, they recapped it in, like, ten minutes and, like, really ran through everything really quick. And then it was funny. Right. After that. Mm. And and I don't know, you know, like, and then it leads to these other movies like Army of Darkness and these other weird right. sort of, like, like horror taken to so far that it's, like, bordering comedy. Mm. Um, and uh, I, 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 watched, I watched The Evil Dead this week, which was the... The first one, which is, like, super serious, and, like, if you can imagine Bruce Campbell playing it as straight as he can, like, all these different sort of things. But um, it is mind-blowing to me how, like, I think that whole genre of, like, silly, scary movies was just born out of, like, they couldn't afford the better mask for the bad guy. Yeah. Like, you know, like, like the special effects were bad, so it was goofy. Like, I, like, anyway, um... And Bruce Campbell is really just never stopped playing that character. Mm. No, essentially not. No, he like he's latched like, is, on and like, isn't he on a? Isn't there a series of him like now? The, it's done now, but they did make a an Evil Dead series, like a show where he still plays Ash, very old. It's incredibly funny. It's a, it's very self aware of what it is. Um, he wears a girdle for a lot of it. Um, oh. which he, he, the character only has one hand cause he has to cut it off cause it's become possessed. Um, but, um, As you do. Th- there is some like comedy genius in an older man with one hand trying to put on a girdle. So he looks the way he thinks he does. And wait, like, wait I don't understand like, why he needs to put on the girdle. He's got a huge gut and he doesn't want to. You know, at the at the tools at the Home Depot analog he works at, he's kind of a big deal, so he can't. Um, you know, oh, uh, <laughs> it's, such vanity. Uh, it, so it's it all is... very good. Yeah, and it's all very funny. He's and, a celebrity uh, in his world. Yes, oh, okay. and he lives in like he lives in a trailer that he pulls with his car behind the analog of the Home Depot. Hmm. Like it's not, it's not, it's ridiculous. But um, it is just this, like, commitment to a thing that just makes it so crazy. And uh, I think that's really the thing I enjoy. Because I don't really like horror movies, but I will watch The Evil Dead again and again, or Mm -hmm. Army of Darkness, or, you know. And I think it's just this, like, no, we're going to go all in on, on this concept now. And then they do. And it's the best. <laughs> um, does anyone have any more 80s films to talk about or should we move on to what you're watching uh, I think E.T. is on my list mm. um, I, recently, I recently was texting a friend who was going to E.T. and I was like 
I hope you don't get scared. And she's like, why? Why? Is it scary? And I was like, yeah, E.T., there's so much gore. And E.T. murders, like, all those children. And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> I know. Um, my wife will not, like, my wife will get upset if someone around her is named Elliot. Why? Uh, it, yeah. it's free. She's so afraid of E.T. still to this day. Wait, That's oh, sad. yeah, and, uh, I forgot that Ellen is yeah, scared em- of and, and we have a real a real fight about the child because at some point she's gonna either watch a horrifying alien movie or a lighthearted uh, <laughs> extraterrestrial. And it, and it just depends on who she watches with. Maybe yeah. I think that's I think that's it. But um, you guys, I just looked up ET. Like I just looked up the Wikipedia page. The budget for that movie was ten point five million dollars, and the box office. Was almost eight hundred million dollars. Oh yeah, there's money in those in that ET. That's why that everyone so made their crazy. own janky alien movie. Exactly. It's true. Yeah. Wow. Honestly, anyway. a Halloween costume that I've always thought about is ET wearing that wig. <laughs> I love it. I would love it if you would do that. <laughs> Please. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd uh, be great. Yeah. You know, there's there's too many costumes, too little time. Two little Halloweens. Mm. Oh, also, another iconic 80s movie, uh, 9 to 5. Just like, yeah, so good. So freaking good. That's the, but that's the whole, like, like if you reverse it, that's the one people always point at. That if you reverse, like, the genders of the film, it's crazy. Yeah. Because you can't, you couldn't make that movie. But, uh, but also, because it, there are different power imbalances in the world. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> that just, argument is so nothing. I think it's so funny when people do that so, because it's like, but it, yes, and then we would live in a different reality where women were in charge. <laughs> anyway. But it's it's so funny that it's just like, oh, you know, 9 to 5, it's a good movie that everyone should watch. And then, like, the second comment is always just some gut white guy like Jeremy. Like, oh, well, uh, what if you flipped your rat? Like, anyway. <laughs> then it would be literally every other movie where violence <laughs> is inflicted on women and they have no power, I guess would be my answer to that. This is true. This is true. Anyway. Um, I was in 9 to 5 the musical. It was... Oh, yeah! Um, I played I played man who uh, the, the fax machine messed up and threw papers all over me. That's not really a character <laughs> in the movie. A classic role. <laughs> Um. Anyway, uh, I'll let our viewers try look up that piece of iconic acting. Um, I'd like to thank Saskatoon's The Garys for letting us use their theme, their song Manituna for our theme song. Thanks to everyone at CJTR and all of you for lending us your ears. The show is broadcast Wednesday at six, Thursdays at noon, and is available as a podcast on the CJ, CJTR website, Spotify, and Apple Play. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, so give us a follow, and then you have a good night. Bye. See ya. Bye.